We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, what's up? Uh, Justin here from Landstrikes After Dark. You know what time it is. I'm going to talk a little bit about our sponsor, my bookie. If you listen to the show, uh, you definitely have heard my spiel by now, but just in case you've forgotten, I want to remind you, you can sign up to gamble on my bookie. Great sports betting site. Super easy to use. Uh, fun, uh, easy to get paid and get your money out and all that stuff. And if you sign up using our code, which is shark 25, you're going to get some great bonuses. You're going to get a $25 bonus cash. Hence the code. Uh, you're going to get a deposit match on deposits of a hundred dollars or more. So just to explain that if you put in a hundred dollars and you open your account, they're going to go ahead and give you another hundred. You can gamble with right off the bat. That's free money right there. Uh, and like I said, it's going to be, it's going to be a great time for you and for us here on the show. Cause we're going to appreciate if you use our code. So, uh, once again, my bookie. It's really simple. You just head on over to Google, type in my bookie, uh, go on the page, sign up. I've done it. It's easy. Uh, and then when you get to the end of your sign up process, promo code, just type in Shark Twenty Five, uh, and, and that's it. So with my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. It's that simple. Let's get on to the show. Welcome to Landtracks After Dark, your weekly dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Ole Miss Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Sanders, ringing in the new year, first show of 2019. Of course, I have my co-host, John Stefanczyk, on the line with me. What's up, buddy? How you doing? We're good. We're going to kick it off with an old favorite, the weather report. Okay, I was about to say, I was about to say, can we talk about the weather? Because I personally, before you get to yours, I, was, I have to say, this rain is killing me. I feel like, I said earlier, I feel like I'm in freaking... Star Wars on the rainy planet. It's been raining for like 10 days straight. It's just miserable. So what's it like it in, your, in your neck of the rain. woods? It has not stopped raining since I showed up in Hines County. Is exactly. That I, think, I think that's correct. Yeah, it was that, that day you were here was pretty bad. And it, yeah, it's been nonstop since then. Oh, sorry about that. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold it against you. We got about three inches of snow on the ground this morning. Schools were delayed a couple hours. Drove to, drove to work in the snow. Fun. Put the all-wheel drive on the Forester to work. Got to so, do it. Got to do well, it. Here, so it was a good, good deal. But otherwise, you know, I was the- yeah kicking off the year with a little snow is always fun. I was going to say I was in St. Louis not long ago, and it was freezing cold, uh, like painfully cold. But and and there was some snow in there, something like that. I almost prefer it to like what we got going on right now, which is like forty-eight degrees, just muggy constant rain everything is soggy like at least in the snow you got like an element of crispness you know there's like a there's a refreshing a refreshing feeling oh three inches by lunchtime it was sunny clear it was nice outside right, so what happens then does the does the snow melt and become a big soggy mess or what happens in the middle of the day well the parking lot's wet but you know you have you have your bean boots you know some people wear the boots for the look down south up here we 
good use. So, gotta have them, yeah. Yeah, that's how. So, what kind of what kind of uh, heavy coats are you working with? You, you got like a big overcoat. Oh, we've got you know oh, this will be fun. Here's a side tangent. How many yeah, are please. on the right there? How many? Big part, we got about four or five. Okay, please. We've got the big gray parka. That's the wind wall. If you're out and it's like 41-hour winds, you wear the big gray parka mm-hmm. because it will just block it. Your body won't feel any of it. Mm-hmm. That's one. We've got the red L.L. Bean outer shell. That's kind of an all-around jacket. We've got an L.L. Bean uh, black hooded down jacket. It's a uh, lighter kind of for um, – it's for when it's just a smidge warmer or if it's like – if it's like – 35, 40, and fairly calm and sunny outside. Sure. It's a good fit. Each, each one of these kind of has their niches. Uh-huh. Got the uh, the blue uh, Mark New York, kind of more a little bit more of a designer jacket. It'll look nice. It's probably kind of fits in the range, too. It kind of depends on how, if you want to wear a sweater or not with it sure. or what all going on there. The heavy-duty the heavy duty shit sucks outside jackets, the big gray parka, and it stops everything. Yeah. Yeah. Wear typically about two or three layers below it, plus plus that, and you're good to go. And if it's really cold too, you need like some kind of scarf or a, a neck warmer. That's what, the hey, what about a hat? Yeah, some, some warm hat. Oh, that's a given. That's a given. That's absolutely, because yeah, you got the heat escaping from your head. Yeah, you keep those ears warm. It's important. Hey, what, you learn, what you learn up here is that is that gloves and hat is, and then neck warmer below a certain point or make all the difference in the world yeah it's pretty it's pretty big you ever live in the north before uh, grad school nope i didn't think i didn't think so first winter i was up here was uh record snow in boston 112 inches that was oof you know everybody at Ole miss is doing their victory lap i'm up here you know being being you know trying to trying to be an basically being an overachiever and i'm getting hammered with 10 foot snow <laughs> well we didn't all we didn't all do victory laps some of us the year after college were working full-time coming to oxford way too often just blowing our money on you know, dumbass weekend trips to oxford all the time it's it's not quite a victory lap but it's not that different either yeah but yeah but hey. i know what you mean um, all right. Well, you know, if you haven't picked up by now, uh, five minutes into the show talking about, uh, you know, just general cold weather musings and me asking John about what kind of heavy coats he wears, uh, we don't have a ton, uh, just springing forth on our mind to talk about here. We, we're going to talk about Ole Miss's new offensive coordinator, Rich Rodriguez, uh, one, one Rich Rod as he's, uh, as he's known. Um, you know, we talked a little bit, I think on the last show, when John was here with me and Jackson about kind of the staff that Luke is putting together, but it's, it's intriguing. I mean, personally, I would rather have uh, some big recruiting trail wins, but I guess this is the next best thing for an off season. I don't know. What do you, what do you make so far of hiring multiple head coaches on staff this off season? First of all, before we talk about Rich Rod, I'm going to 180. I'm on a side tangent. Did you see the Maurice Harris tweet? Yeah. The Bible verse or something. Yeah, Maurice Harris tweeting out a Bible verse. So well, yeah, he's, he's he knows his audience, he knows his boss. Getting his uh, yeah, appeasing his uh, new boss, his new boss, which was which was his old boss. So of course, uh, talking about of course Maurice, I think he talks about on the show. I assume much maligned uh, Ole Miss tight ends coach headed up to uh, Liberty University. What what is his title there? Did he get a promotion? 
I don't know. He's on Frieza's staff. But I'd I, I'd be interested to know that if, if he's just taking like another position coach job. That's that's kind of a big step down to go from SEC school to to Liberty. But I know Matt Luke is probably happy to free that spot up. And I mean, at the very even if Matt Luke liked Maurice Harris, thought he was a good coach, he he is hated by the fan base. Yeah, but hey, Maurice over over a million of Memphis Harris. Not a great, not a great recruiter. Yeah. They hire Richrod, who I I think Richrod's a good offensive coach. Mm-hmm, sure, I mean, he has a long track record. I think it creates a conflict. I mean, who's going to be the interim once Luca's done? Him well, I know he's setting up a, a big competition between McIntyre and, and Richrod. It's going to be interesting. Like, let's create uh, interim competition so we can figure out who's going to coach after Matt Luke once he's fired. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Maybe the idea is let's hire Rich Rob, but we got to repair his image so he can work for good Rebel Matt Luke for a couple of years. There you go. go. It's definitely like a, some rehab opportunities shaping up, it seems like, with with McIntyre and Rich Rod. Uh, for the record, Maurice Harris is the receivers coach at Liberty. So I guess more responsibility than just a tight ends coach. I don't know. Just thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you, would you would you agree with me that given the choice between – splashy coordinators and splashy recruits you would uh lean towards the talent in the offseason players win games in college yeah but I, you know freeze i mean luke sorry it's called him couldn't get it done on early signing day necessarily so i guess this is uh one way to get the fan base back i mean it's it is intriguing right it's uh it kind of sucks you back in a little bit yeah i mean they've got a couple Name coordinators. We'll yes. see what they amount to. There's at least something. To, I think the, the problem is that the problem is they're going to be such a young, inexperienced yeah, team, especially on the offensive line and quarterback. I mean, so when Rich Rodriguez and Mike McIntyre start zero and two against Memphis and Arkansas, how's that going to sit right. with everybody? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'll. I'm. I mean, it's 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 gonna make it more interesting to at least watch those games. I mean, I mean, to watch the whole season, it'll just be interesting to see if they can. I I do think that McIntyre can probably make the defense better right away, right? I mean, I really think McGriff was doing a bad job. Personally. I think they can both coach it better, but well, well, Richrod's problem is is a he loses a lot of talent outside of the ball. B is it really the personnel for? I mean, well. Well, what's going to be Rich Rod is he's perceived as a running guy, mm-hmm. as a run-heavy guy, and Ole Miss, right. for the life of it, cannot um, recruit running backs. So well, they got Phillips for what, another year, so he has a running back for next year. Willard at the backup. The, the line is is very very green. I think the only guy back is uh, what's his face, the the right tackle Givens. Givens. Yep. Besides that, he's got to have all new. I mean, they have bodies there. Luke has recruited a ton of them. Freezer recruited some young guys. Um, I just, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see. Oh, I see. Here, no, we're not. We're not talking about basketball, but I'm seeing here that uh, Franco Miller out for the season. He's a freshman. Um, you know, as as far as losses go, not the biggest loss, but still. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, he can still redshirt. I'm not sure how the medical redshirt works in basketball. Um. Should we jump into basketball? Is there anything else? <laughs> I don't know. That seems it seems quick. It seems uh, we're we're not giving a yeah. I don't know. Like I, I guess I just keep coming back to it. It's coordinator hires are not as splashy yeah, as signing any other positions. Well, well, I guess Maurice Harris is vacant. They're they're uh, bringing in the running backs coach. Maybe is going to be a uh, like another ex 
offensive coordinator, right? Some guy that's come with Rich Rod. I don't know his name. What's his name? I haven't heard this. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll try to hold on. I'll try to pull it up real quick. Um, I, yeah. So I don't know if that means Nick's is gonna move or what. Um, Get Nick the hell out. Nick sucks. I don't care what anybody says. I yeah, it's it's pretty pretty not good. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's gonna be a lot of changes. I mean. Did we? I don't think we talked on the show last week about how, even though we kind of thought this was going to be a somewhat quiet year on the coaching carousel, things have kind of started heating up. You got um, Holgerson leaving West Virginia. He's at Houston now, so that job's open. And then on top of that, you have like, what, eight NFL head coaching jobs open right now? So if they pluck a current college coach I'm or two from one of those. The NFL had more, more firing than maybe I thought. Yeah. Eagles finally fired Marvin Lewis. That was kind of interesting. Yeah, obviously we know Green, we knew about Green Bay. Uh, what other big jobs are open? Arizona. Yeah, you know, one year that's probably I'd say in general surprise. Buccaneers, but, right? Yeah, the Bucks doesn't surprise me. The Dolphins firing Gase was interesting to me. Yeah, I guess they're just they they haven't seen enough. They've been a little up and down, I guess. Somewhere, apparently, he and the owner got in a disagreement, which that will cause issues if you and the owner disagree. So, Yeah, a little bit. But wait, the Cowboys didn't fire their coach, huh? Well, Garrett won the division, so we got to wait. We got to wait for him to get killed this weekend. And then <laughs> fire him to hire Lincoln Riley. You so, really think, so? you really think that uh, that could happen this season? I think Stephen, supposedly Stephen Jones is infatuated with Lincoln Riley. Hmm. Interesting. We will see what the, what do the Cowboys do. That'll be interesting. I saw uh, something going around earlier about Mullen being considered for NFL jobs, which I think is probably just uh, Jimmy Sexton. I'm pretty sure Mullen's with Jimmy Sexton now, just trying to get that raise at Florida. Mullen, I think Mullen could coach in the NFL. Yeah, but he couldn't run his scheme. He could. You, it's not going to work. the The QB run offense, I don't think, is going to work in the in the NFL. You'd have to have a ton of QBs on your roster. No, I think he could adapt. I think, hey, I think it would be awesome if if someone came in and tried to change up the entire, like you know, just have a an offense that other teams have to prepare for individually every week. That would be super fun. I mean, uh, what the Ravens with with Lamar Jackson are kind of doing it a little bit right now, right? Yeah, that'll come to a head at some point. But I mean, if I was an NFL team, I would look hard at taking a flyer on some kind of on a college coach this year. Is it, was wasn't trying, that wasn't that kind of what they tried to do with uh what's his face, Chip Kelly? Wasn't that the idea there and just completely yeah, didn't work? But, yeah, and that didn't really work. But I mean it'd be interesting. I'm trying to think of who it would be though, because I just I just don't think the NFL Canada pool's that deep. Yeah. Really appealing. So or, I mean then the question becomes where do you go? Uh huh. But I don't know. Somebody, I bet somebody hires Matt Campbell. Yeah. The name is going around. That'd be interesting. Yeah, but so I guess my point in starting this entire tangent was uh, we could still see significant movement, I feel like, among the coaching, including, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Rodriguez didn't actually coordinate Ole Miss next year. Like, if you told me he got the West Virginia job back, because he was a West Virginia coach a long time ago, right? I mean, yeah, yeah it wouldn't, wouldn't shock me. I don't know. I guess the, the question is, how bad is his PR right now? And uh, because like, that's the whole point of the McIntyre and the Rodriguez hires, right? Is they're both kind of fired coaches for various reasons. Uh, they both have some, some scandals in the closet. And 
honestly, I don't know a ton about them. I feel like I need to be more familiar with them as someone that's doing this podcast about Ole Miss, but I think we will, we will, we will brush up on that. I will, I will look into it more. Um, neither scandal on the face sounds great <laughs> to me, but I guess what Matt Luke is saying is, uh, that, that doesn't really bother him. I mean, you know, I hate it. I, I hate to say this, but I do think that he is looking at the fan base, of the administration, and correctly assessing that they don't care as much about that stuff, maybe as some other fan bases would. Do you think that's fair? Um, I, I think Ole Miss fans will turn a blind eye, largely, especially to to stuff kind of like, uh, I guess, covering up for assistance and stuff like that. I mean, that the freeze thing is interesting. Do you, what do you think would have happened to Freeze if he hadn't resigned? It's an honest question. Uh, to, to take the NCAA stuff out of it completely. Pretend that wasn't going on. If it was just the the phone calls, he wouldn't have been fired, right? He would have. Um, he would have. He would have Jimmy swaggered it. Would've, it. He would have cried. Would've, he would have been a train wreck in seventeen. He would have been on the hot seat. Probably. Yeah, but can we? Can we? I want to. I want to hypothetically take out that. Let's say it happened in. After 2015, and there wasn't a big investigation going on, and all we know is about the phone calls to the Tampa massage parlors. Do you really think that's enough to end his career at Ole Miss? I don't, I'm not nope. sure that it is. Nope, they could have buried it if they wanted to. Even, even if it came out, I think he could have. He could have said, "Ah, oh, yeah, you know, I made mistakes or whatever." But hey, we just won the Sugar Bowl. Things are looking up. I, I just don't. I don't think the Ole Miss fan base really cares all that much about that stuff if they think you're going to help the program and not trying to compare the free scandal to the rich rod stuff or the McIntyre stuff, but just as in general, as a fan base, I think it's kind of insular. I don't think that they are really that, uh, I don't know, worried about the PR of it. And I mean, at the same time, I don't know if that's really that unique a situation. I mean, look at the Ohio state fan base and how they reacted to their Meyer stuff. I mean, imagine if there was a scandal that didn't get quashed in the state of Alabama concerning Saban or whatever, obviously we'd never hear about it, but if you did, I don't think they would really care as a fan base. So I guess my the 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 point I'm really making is that the scoreboard's all that matters, and uh, you know I guess Matt Luke knows that, and he's thinking, well, I missed out on buying these recruits. I guess I can go try to buy some former head coaches and try to get the fan base fired up that way. And I mean, it it probably will help sell more tickets. I mean, I don't know who the other options really would have been. You were saying before the show what you predicted uh, Kane Womack to be the defensive coordinator, right? I mean, I, I think. I think the enthusiasm will be higher after these hires than the alternative if it was a, a kind of a smaller name person or someone that didn't, that didn't have any type of, mm, I guess, street cred with the fan base. Yeah. And maybe that's a gamble that they, uh, you know, they, they really need to take because I think season ticket sales have been something we predicted to be after the way the season ended. But, you know, the, when the season ends like that, emotions are high. I feel like people kind of forget they took themselves back into being optimistic, so we'll see. We'll see how bad attendance really is next year. Probably still won't be great. Um, do you want to talk before we before you go on to college basketball? Do you want to talk about how some of these bowl games have gone? I think the playoff games were extremely predictable. Um, shocker, we got Alabama, Clemson, in the title coming up again. I mean, who's who's surprised by that? I mean, by far the most entertaining thing that happened was Bevo. Yes, uh, dear God. That was insane. You had Uga, the UGA Bulldog, doing some sort of dumb, like, QT, like, let's get the ma- the live animal mascots to meet, and Bevo just comes through a barrier. I mean, I was I was worried for those photographers. I was worried for Uga. Uh, that 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 was a – it's just crazy, man. I thought they had that bull, like, doped up or something. I can't believe that that was even possible. Well, they do, but still, the, dog, the 
the drugs didn't quite work as he well. He overcame it. That's just that was nuts, man. And then obviously that just foreshadowed what was to happen on the field. Uh, my question for you is Texas back. Before you answer, I just want to say yeah, I don't think Georgia really gave a shit. I think that was kind of obvious. It doesn't matter. Georgia didn't give a fuck to fuck about that game. Yeah, Texas did. Uh, I think Herman's a good coach. What did they? They had three losses this year, three or four? I think three. Uh, four. They had four losses in the Sugar Bowl, huh? Well, they they lost the conference title. They were the number right, two big team right, right, right. So that and contractually, really... the number right. two Big Twelve team, as long as they're ranked, I think sixteen or higher, okay. is in the game. Or maybe so. the number one that, but the number one went to the playoff. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, because yeah, of Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, what, what what about Notre Dame? You think Georgia should have been in over Notre Dame? Uh, no, Notre Dame should have been in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think on paper it would, you couldn't really keep them out, even though yeah, I think that game played out pretty much like people expected it to. Notre Dame was not ready for it. What well, if Clemson was in the SEC? Where do you think they're better? Like they do you think it's them in Alabama instead of Georgia and Alabama, all three are good. I don't know. I don't know if there's room I for. I think those three are the three best teams. Yeah, in mm-hmm. the country when they when they show up and they care. Yeah, when they have something to play for. That's that's definitely what it seems like. Um, yeah, there's that. Uh, let's see other bowl games. Um, down here, there's lots of wailing and gnashing of teeth over uh, state getting beat up a little bit by Iowa in the Outback Bowl. It was a close game, but uh just oof, there were some some real bad how, bad moments did, for state. How did they give up 27 points to Iowa? <sighs> Dude, I, well, first of all, I think I'll say this, if I if I played on state's defense, which on paper is like the best in the country or whatever, like number one scoring defense, like number one in yardage, uh if I was state's defense, I just hate Nick Fitzgerald so much cuz he just consistently Puts them in bad positions with turnovers and stuff, and they had some really bad luck stuff going on too. But then, um, yeah, I just dude, I, I'm gonna be honest. Like it's it's, I'm finding it harder and harder. I'm trying to get more of a fair shake, but I just really don't know how much I can respect the guy. I don't know if you saw uh, the Kylan Hill thing. You know what I'm talking about? He got no, no. oh, this was this was right. honestly hard to watch. Uh, Kylan Hill got took a big shot to the head. He's their probably their. I mean, he's definitely their best offensive player. He's a great running back. Yeah. Um, from Mississippi, you know, Ole Miss would have been it would have been great to have him, but he, I don't think he ever considered. So he takes a big shot, uh, walks off the field, and then while the cameras are on him, just collapses on the sideline. Medical staff surrounds him, like Morez looking back at him. Uh, I think the sideline reporter is like, I was watching at the gym, so I couldn't hear, but I heard later that they were reporting like, you know, he passed out and stuff. Obviously, you know, obviously a concussion, right? It, 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 this this yeah. is football in 2019. Like, we know how these things go. You know, that's just not – you can't just brush that stuff off anymore. Well, what? Like, I think on the same drive, at the very least on the next drive, he's back in the game taking snaps. And a completely completely meaningless bowl game after the cameras recorded him collapsing. It's just – it it boggles the mind that they would even consider doing that. Like, this game is meaningless. Uh, It was honestly a little scary to watch. So – I think that was a huge mistake on Moorhead's part. I think player safety, uh, it's not just about, you know, the PR and people watching and complaining about it. I think that's also important for recruiting. Like, you know, if you're telling me if I'm recruited against that school, I'm not going to show that footage, right, and talk about tell the kid's mom that Mississippi State played a kid in a meaningless bowl game that it just, you know, collapsed on the sideline. It's just, it's, it's, just, uh, it's, it's a little hard to. 
hard to even imagine what, what they were thinking there. But, uh, yeah, State still loses the game. Uh, the other big moment that stood out was uh, just uh, a really unlucky play. Uh, Fitz rifles the ball down the field into the end zone. It bounces off the State player's hands, off his chest. He bobbles it up in the air, and it gets picked off and returned 25 yards out of the end zone. That was when they were down two in the fourth. So instead of a touchdown to go up, they uh, they turned it over. That was just uh, epically epically bad moment it, it was it was similar to the aj brown vanderbilt play which probably i think should have been interception though you know what i'm talking about the way the ball was taken from him all that stuff um, yeah but just like a crazy change of fortune there um but yeah i mean i think generally state fans are still they still believe in morehead but i think there's a lot of grumbling eight and five with that roster and that defense with a supposedly offensive minded coach is a little questionable i mean i, I think you have to say, well, you know, he's not Dan Mullen. He doesn't run Mullen's system. Fitzgerald is not a quarterback in any real sense of the word. You know, he's he's much more of a, a running threat alone. Um, but mm-hmm. still, I think there's some there's some complaining going on among that fan base. So should be interesting. Um, I just, yeah, that was the, the Highland Hill thing. Especially just stood out to me as as what are you doing, dude? About Moorhead, like what what are you thinking right now? That's just stupid. Um, yeah. Let's see any other bowl games of note. I don't know, kind of a kind of a quiet bowl season, right? UCF, UCF, they lose the streak. It's all over. LSU gets the win. Yeah, the LSU is like temp- they're temporary national champs until <laughs> Monday night. That's part so of EFT commenter tweeted that. I agree. I like that. I I think the big story of that game was how many LSU players weren't playing. Right, like they had a, like their whole defense was sitting out. I think. Ed's out there saying, look, if you, if you got a chance to be drafted, the hell with it. See, see, I think that's smart. I think that's for recruiting. That's a really smart move. Like, that only makes you look better to the recruits and their families. Yeah. I, you, you gain nothing out of a non-playoff bowl win over if if it means enhancing your standing with the players and, and looking like more of a all I care about is getting you paid in the NFL and, and winning championships. Like, I, I think that's really smart. I think that's savvy of, uh, of Ed. So good for him. I support it. Um, yeah, not a, not a not a not a ton else going on in football, John. What's what's a, give me the rundown before we move on to basketball? What's the what's the wild card slate this weekend? Let's see. We got um, Colts at Texans four thirty okay. on Saturday. That should be interesting. I game. like I like that matchup. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, uh, a, I'm a low key Texans fan. Interesting. I think the Colts go in there and win. It's luck. Probably so. But uh, I'm a, I'm a Deshaun guy. I'm a. Uh, I like Watson too. I just I think Lutz. I think sorry. I think luck is terrific. Yeah, yeah. Is he? So I haven't watched them a ton this year. Um, is he kind of back in his pre-injury form a little bit? Yep, he's been. I think he's thrown almost forty touchdowns. Oh wow! Yeah, that's. I mean, that's really good to see because I think there was. There was a while. Their last- Ten and one the last eleven games. Oh wow! There was a while where it seemed like Luck might never really play again. You know, it was one. Sorry, nine and one their last ten. Sorry, his, but that, that injury dro- dragged on for so long. So it's good to it's good to see him come back. Yep. Good stuff. NFL quarterback is is one of the quirkiest positions in all the sports. You know what I mean? It's just uh, it's a strange, it's a strange animal. Yep. Um. All right. So Colts Texans. What else? Yep. Cowboys, Seahawks. Mm. What's your prediction for that one? The, the loss, Seahawks win it? I predict a multiple replays of Tony Romo botching the snap 12 years ago. <laughs> in the okay. 
Hmm. Is that uh, in Seattle or in Dallas? In Dallas. Okay. It was a point flip game. I don't know. J- Jason Jason Garrett versus Pete Carroll. That's the biggest difference maker in my mind. Then you got Dak versus Wilson. So hmm. Seattle. I don't know. 23-21 or something like that, maybe. Okay. We'll see. Um, yeah, Ra- uh, Chargers at Ravens, 1 o'clock Sunday. That's, I mean, the Ravens are fun now. Yeah, I like watching yeah. Lamar Jackson out there. I think the Chargers are a good team. Yeah, the, the Chargers are one of those teams that can have a good season and still be like uh, no one talks about it, I feel like. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Eagles-Bears, the uh, late game on Sunday. Yeah. Soldier Field. Been a few years since they've had a playoff game there. So Yeah, seriously. Uh Bears had a great season, right? The insane defensive line. Yep. They've got a good defense. Is uh Trubitsky the men that started all year on at quarterback? Yeah. He's missed a couple games hurt, but he's um So he must be doing okay. Yeah, no, he, he he's been solid. Is this uh, his Matt- first year? I know he's young. Uh yes, it's first year. He was the KC Kansas City offensive coordinator last year. Uh no, I'm talking about uh the quarterback, right, Mitch Trubisky. Oh, uh, second year. Sorry. Second year. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of Bears fans out there that have come out of the Wilbur this season. That's good. Um, so let's see who you got in that game. I don't. The Eagles have kind of had a meh season right but Foles is good right is he is full I, I think the bear the Eagles kind of got in they're playing with house money but I think the Bears take care of business right I mean it, the Eagles it's like you see in so many like quote-unquote cursed cities and teams and you get that the monkey off your back the year before it's like you don't really care what happens the next year it's like the Cubs the year after they won the World Series it's like ah, oh, who cares man we're still we're still celebrating last year yep um exactly. All right, well, that is the football talk for the week. I think we want to talk about some basketball now, yeah? we got conference play starting up on uh, on Saturday. Yep. Kermit in the SEC. I'm going to pull up the uh, the SEC schedule here because there's going to be a lot of uh, opportunities for this team coming up sooner rather than later. Yep, tough start. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be rough. I mean, just starting in starting in Nashville is, uh, is always going to be hard. They're good. Um, let's see. And then I was saying on Wednesday, they got Auburn coming to the pavilion for the home opener. Auburn's ranked number 12. Huge opportunity there. Yep. Um, Go to state. That's a rough. That's that's probably a loss right there. I mean, you can easily, easily start 0-3 in the SEC right here. CBS National Game in Starkville. Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. Um, LSU at home. This should be Arkansas, winnable, I think. Arkansas at home. At Alabama, so that's so. Even if you if you stumble in this tough opener at Vanderbilt, Auburn, and then State, you can you can come back a little bit. LSU, Arkansas, Alabama, and then you get that Iowa State in the Pavilion. Big opportunity there. So you, it's there's a lot more winnable games, I guess, in the middle of the schedule. Um, I, I think that Iowa State game is really exciting to me. I think that could be a huge resume win for Kermit in the Pavilion, but we'll see. Um, at Florida. I don't know anything about Florida's team this year, but I mean playing at Florida is never easy. Um, and then you got State in Oxford, another tough matchup. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm not looking forward at all to playing Howland. He has a good team. Yep, he does. So they play Auburn twice. 
Mm-hmm. State twice. I mean, tons of opportunities. Like we said, Auburn twice, State twice, number three Tennessee and Oxford later in the season, uh, Kentucky and in, in Oxford. I mean, that's there's huge, huge resume games on the schedule. It's I mean, it's interesting. It's the SEC being good is kind of something we're not super used to. Yeah. I mean, they probably go. I don't know, seven and eleven, eight and ten, maybe in the league. Yeah, I think it's going to be rough. Opportunities for wins: LSU, maybe Arkansas, potentially at Alabama. You get A and M at home. I don't, I don't know how Missouri is this year. You play Missouri twice. Uh, you play Georgia twice. So yeah, I could see, I could see. I mean, nine wins probably the ceiling. That would be that would be good still. That'd be if they went five hundred in a league play. That'd be yeah. I think they went for Kermit. They would be Eagle. good. But I kind of think I kind of think this is a team that's capable of staying close in all of these games against ranked teams, winning almost all the rest of them. I mean, eight eight or nine wins. I think it would be a great season, but I, I think it's doable. I don't know. I think they've played really consistently, um, and and this has all been with Terrence Davis kind of shuffling a little bit. Um, I think Tyree has really stepped up. Tyree and Schuler both. I think the the biggest X factor is going to be you know the post play. Um, it's still kind of cobbled together right now. I'm not sure what kind of big men they're going to go against, but I think they're going to go against some good ones. Uh, as the time gets closer, we'll learn more about them. Uh, and that will probably be the in the in the two games they've lost. Uh, it's all been under the basket. That's kind of been where they got overpowered against Butler and against Cincinnati. So. Um, but I think the guards can the guards can carry them. They're pretty well. They, they they're consistent. They play good defense. Uh, Kermit, you know, if someone makes a mistake, they're they're going to be out immediately. He is uh, he doesn't like let things go. I guess, and I think that's important when it comes to trying to win all the games you're supposed to win, or at least the toss up games. Um, I, I don't know. It's exciting. It's it's going to be cool. I'm excited just to have all of these ranked opportunities on the SEC schedule. There's definitely been years when there's been like one or two ranked teams on the schedule. So it's pretty cool. Yep. I wonder how many teams uh, the SEC is going to get in the tournament this year. That's a good question. Should be uh, pretty good. Was it last year or two years ago where they set the the league record? It wasn't long ago. Yeah, it wasn't long. They got at least, I think, what, half the league in, or more than half the league in. Now they're looking at. Yeah. Yeah, just Tennessee number three is crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, but see, what, what does Rick Barnes do in the tournament? That'll right. be interesting. Man, well, it's going to be Ole Miss in a few years. Like, like Kermit Cook, that's what I say. Like Kermit Cook. <laughs> Is there anything else worth discussing? I mean, let's be frank. I don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a pretty, uh, pretty dry well. Well, interesting to see what Kermit does first three conference games. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, football, go get some players. Missing to see what else. What else are they going to do with the coaching staff? Frankly, they've kind of done all the PR stuff, if you will, for lack of a better way of putting it. Are they going to go make, shuffle the rest of it? Yeah, I would be impressed if they were able to bring in some some recruiters and repl- like you already got Harris out. Let's say you could get Nick's out or Jason Jones. Some of these guys that have been around forever that don't really seem to be contributing much, especially on the recruiting trail. Uh, I think that would be a way to really firm up the uh, the staff, which is already. I mean, kind of surprisingly interesting for me. 
I mean, like P- Peeler and Rich Rod, that'll be an interesting. Does that work or not? Do they mesh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think yeah. There's still a chance that Ole Miss could lose some of the guys that they like. Like I think uh, Summerall has kind of been rumored as maybe going somewhere with Neil Brown. Like Summerall could go be his uh, his DC because they were together at Troy. Yeah. Um. Just, just it, it, like I said, the carousel is uh, it's gonna determine a lot. I don't know if Ole Miss has, if if programs come calling for some guys, whether it's Rich Rodriguez for a head coaching job or someone like Summerall for a promotion, not much you can do about that except you know react and go look for a replacement, I guess. Yep. Um. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, solid. Uh, nothing burger of a a no news off off season week, I'd say. Uh, so how, uh, how was the rest of your trip after you left here? Uh, it was good. Went, went back to Pensacola and kind of hung out for the weekend. Weather was crappy in Pensacola for a few days. It seems like everywhere right now. Terrible. Yeah. Kind of the name of the game. We mm-hmm. hung out, watched some very bad college football playoff games. Yes. Yes. Awful. Sa- saving imploding at the end of the second quarter was fairly entertaining when they <laughs> three uh offsides or whatever uh-huh uh-huh and so uh they they could have scored like way more than they did right i didn't even watch after a little while but it, it, i was surprised at how close the score of that game was at the end i assume saban just didn't care no he was like whatever we played hard he i mean be interesting to see i think clemson's got a puncher's chance really so, okay yeah, I think if Alabama focuses and heads in the right spot, they're the best team. But they seem to – getting them to focus for 60 minutes seems to be yeah. a challenge. Well, and it probably it would, it probably helps Bama that uh, Dexter Lawrence and that the Clemson defensive tackle out for Peds. Yeah, he, yeah, he's not playing. That's unlucky. So. That's unlucky for Clemson. So Crazy how they never bust uh, Alabama players for that. They do it the right way, you know? Absolutely. Were some of, was it Alabama or some of them uh, got in trouble for like selling their SEC championship merch or something? Uh, who knows? Keep As up people were talking about it at my family gathering, but it obviously wasn't anybody that important. If it's not really a news story, who knows? Penalize Alabama. That is, that is pretty funny, though. That's It's a pretty funny idea that you're playing football in Alabama and uh, you feel the need to, to sell your SEC championship hat on ebay or whatever that's that's pretty fun like yeah i'm sure you could call someone come on yeah come no on dude let do it for you that's really funny you gotta work on the orientation program <laughs> yeah they're, they're not they're not getting their uh their new player training they're not getting the points across well enough um all right well i don't know man anything else you want to talk about we kind of beat a bunch of dead horses here no I think we've pretty much covered it. Yeah, I mean, recruiting-wise, I have not really heard anything about anybody that they're... I'm sure they will sign more people come the second signing day. I mean, it, uh, it's kind of a wait and see if... I'm not going to get excited again uh, about any recruiting stuff for a while. It's okay. I'm not going to not gonna worry yep. too much about it. There you um, go. Yeah. All right, well, I guess that's it, John. It was fun, man. Thanks for uh, taking the time out. Yep, I think this podcast is appropriate for where on the show. Yeah. yeah, a whole lot of non news. Baseball will be going here in six weeks, yeah. and then yep, and then you'll get to talk every week when I try to talk about baseball about how it doesn't matter how you're just yeah. waiting, waiting for the postseason. 
Yeah, we'll have fun dissecting the, dissecting the pitching staff. Classic, classic. Yeah, that'll be fun. And then, uh, I, you know, like, like I said, SEC basketball season it potentially could be really fun. Uh, you know, maybe they get some get some good wins on the on the resume, and then hell, we'll be talking about postseason. We'll see. Who, who knows? You never know what's going to happen. But they got opportunities. Did a good job in the uh, non conference. You know, they lost two games to two top fifty opponents. No shame in that. One on neutral court, one on the road. So. Uh, as of now, they're still very in good shape to control their destiny. So we'll look forward to that. Like I said, Saturday at Vanderbilt in Nashville. Uh, keep an eye on that, and uh, we'll watch that as well. Um, normal end of the show stuff here. Um, if you like the show, you can always rate and review us on iTunes. We would appreciate that. Helps other people find us. Uh, follow us on Twitter at SharksAFTRDark, all that kind of normal stuff. Uh, yeah, but for now, I guess we'll call it there. Um, John, again, thanks, man. And for everyone out there listening, we appreciate it. For John, I'm Justin signing off. We'll talk to you again next week. Oh.